Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time to drop the hammer on the fastest podcast on the internet, the True Grit Podcast. I'm your host and former IMCA Modified National Champion, Shane Davis, and my sidekick, Pat. How's it going? Uh, going great, buddy. All right. Going great. Glad to be here. Lots of racing. Ready to get down to business and talk about it. All right. We're going to do a short uh, recap of uh, some of the racing results from last week. Our guest tonight, man, we got father-son duo, first generation, second generation. We got the other Terry Ryan and Matt Ryan. How you doing, man? I'm doing real well. How are you guys today? Not too bad. Right. How about you, Terry? I'm doing just fine. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, we're going to start off talking about that uh, Hoker Trucking 50, the number 71 Hudson O'Neill scored the big winning at Bars Ooh. Race. And Pat, over at Davenport Speedway last How about Tuesday... That show? I mean, my God, you had, you really had almost a World Outlaw show oh, yeah. with, you know, the talent that showed up to run that night. Yeah. A lot of the guys getting them tuned up for our show coming up in uh, three weeks. Uh, going to be our three-day right. World Outlaw special. But uh, how about Hudson O'Neill, man, that pass he made, uh, you know, there yeah. at the end of the wow. race to take the lead. And then, you know, out of nowhere, here comes uh, Brandon Overton. He's running fourth and shoots the gap, and he's in second place. That's right. And I thought he had him there at the end. He was kind of off of him and then came off a of four like an absolute ballistic missile and nipped him, almost got him at the line. Almost. I think he got nipped by .025 seconds or something like that. I mean, 026. I mean, that's close. Yeah. Wow. It, it's got to be wow. the closest race of, you know, the Bars Racing Series, World Outlaw, Lucas Oil, this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you know, there's one thing about that. that that uh, quarter mile racetrack over there at Davenport, when Ricky Kai comes out with uh, the doctor, Al Deloy, and they do that yeah. farming session oh, before the feature event. Man, they work that thing and beautiful. just makes for a great feature event. Uh, we'll go down the uh, top five. So Bobby Pierce rolled home third, kind of broke his string of victories that he had rolling on that uh, Hell Tour. Uh, Brian Shirley was fourth, and our Done Right TV, Garrett Albertson, uh, Roberts Motorsports. Ride rounded out the top five, and hey, how about Nick Hoffman jumping in uh, Black Sunshine's car and started 15th, brought that thing home seventh. His maiden voyage for Bloomquist right here at Davenport. How about that? Yeah. Is that awesome? Pretty awesome. And it, you know, it was perfect timing. Um, the Lucas Oil cars had run at uh, in Nebraska at I-80 the week before. Everybody was on their way to the Prairie Dirt Classic in Fairbury, Illinois. We happened to have a big money race right between. Got a whole bunch of great cars, an absolutely yep. stacked field. Yep. All right, here's what we're going to do. We will we'll, uh, say uh, in the IMCA late models that night, Matt Ryan picking up the win, Justin Kai second, Brian Harris third, Chuck Hanna fourth, and Andy Nesworski fifth. Open wheel modifieds, uh, sport class Matt for the Ryan show. Up the that Justin night, we're going to have uh, modified was Matt Werner, Spencer Dirks rolled her home second, Jason Percy third, uh, and Durbin in the number 15, Brennan Durbin was fourth, and... It was uh, Mitchell Morris uh, rolling home fifth. Now, finally, we'll go to the uh, Dubuque results. Luke Merrifield uh, picking up the win, but Matt Ryan, you got second again right there at the line. Logan Duffy third, Jeff Tharp fourth, and Justin Kai fifth. And then touching on the mods at uh, East Moline Speedway, Chuck Hanna picked up the uh, late model win. Jeff Bone Larson picked up the modified win. Dustin Schramm grabbed the hobby stock win. Andrew Burke, uh, Dustin Schramm got the uh, sport mod win. Hobby stock was Andrew Burke, uh, Jesse Owen in the street stock, RJ Gonzalez in the mod light, and sport compact was Drew Wise picking up his 
first win of the season. So what do we got on the national scene? You know, that? it's it's fair season, Shane. So there's so much racing. On, there is. On, uh, uh, we hit four races this yeah. last week. Uh, on the national tour, the Lucas Oil guys were off. Uh, like I said, the aforementioned I-80 Nationals. However, all focus was on the Prairie Dirt Classic in Fairbury, Illinois. Uh, there was a couple of guys that came to Davenport that had not run either Davenport or uh, Fairbury before, one of them being Stormy Scott. Yeah. Had set, went out set quick time, uh, had another great show at the Prairie Dirt Classic. The way that the PDC runs is they, it's a two-day show. They have a qualifying. Then Friday nights, they break them up into four different main events. Yeah. And then Saturday, they run for the $50,000 to win. On the Friday night show, Ryan Gustin won the feature number one. Okay. Bobby Pierce dominated feature number two. Stormy Scott feature number three, and Hudson O'Neill won feature number four. Do you see a commonality there? Uh, yeah, just like Davenport, man. That's three right. of the four cars that, that's right, right up front. They, three of the four guys that, that, that ran well here Yeah, ran up front at the Prairie Dirt Classic. All right. Saturday night for the big money, some little-known guy, you know, I still am not sure. I can't sure. remember his name. Uh, this guy, you know, my, the, I think the... He may turn out, he's got potential. I'll just say right. he's got potential. Yeah. Some Kyle something or other. I'm not yeah. exactly sure what his name yeah. is. But, you know, Kyle Larson, um, I tell you what, you know, I, I know we, we talk about him a lot, but the talent level to this kid is just absolutely unreal. He's generational. Wow. It's once in a generation. Yeah. Jumped in the uh, Kevin Rumley's Longhorn, the number six. They only run a handful of races a year. Yeah. Uh, he goes out and um, he was running, I don't know if you guys have seen the video, ran right through the middle of the racetrack. Uh, dominated the majority of the race. Uh, he was absolutely dogged by uh, Bobby Pierce, did absolutely everything in his power to to run him down, gave him a great run. However, Kyle Larson brought home the 50 grand to win. Ah. Yeah. I tell you what, the, and I don't think there was a square panel left on Bobby Pierce's right side. It actually tore <laughs> no. the, the right rear quarter panel yeah, all the no way off. No quarter panel, the side, uh, side on the wing was gone. But I know when we were, hey, when we were doing our walkthrough, um, there in uh, at Davenport, Bobby was pounding that thing out, and I tell you what, up close there, <laughs> there weren't very many, there weren't very many straight pieces on that before that. But no, it ripped it all the way off. And I tell you what, one of the things I love about Bobby is is that he absolutely leaves it all on the table. He, he goes all in, and if he doesn't win, he's he's going down swinging. Sure. Uh, in sprint cars, uh, the sprint car boys were out out east Friday night to Ransomville, New York. Aaron Reitzel won Saturday. Weedsport, New York, was won by David Gravel. This week they're coming to back to the Midwest. They run a big 55 lap race down at Peebley, Missouri. They call it the Ironman. And I don't know if you guys have ever run Peebley, Missouri, but that track is brutal. It High is. banked, round, wicked fast. They call it the Ironman 55. And I'll tell you what, you got to be you got to be an Ironman to to still be sitting up in the seat 55 laps later in a sprint car there. All right. Um, and also, so the 360 Nationals start at Knoxville this Thursday. Uh, and then they have a special 410 race on Sunday. A week from tonight, shout out to uh, to Terry McCarl and the entire McCarl clan. They run a special commemorative race on Monday night at Oskaloosa. Uh, it's the 26th annual Front Row Challenge. And the pole sitter gets the option to start dead last for 20 grand to win. All right. They call it the Front Row Challenge. That's a week from tonight. Uh, if, you're, if you're in the the area or interested in making it on your way to Knoxville, I highly encourage everybody to to check it out. And then Knoxville National start a week from Thursday. All right. And, hey, make sure and get out to the Great Mississippi Valley Fair this week. Yeah, going to yeah. be a lot of fun. No racing at Davenport Speedway Friday night. 
We do want to touch on the fact that uh, coming up August 26th, 27th, 28th, we're going to have three-day World Outlaw show there. And some of the past winners, uh, we got Brian Burkoff, who went back in 04. Brian Harris, one of our weekly guys, uh, went back in 07. Chad Simpson was the 18 champion. 19, Jimmy Owens. And 2020 was uh, Bishop, Brandon Shepard. So uh, great uh, racing coming out in the month of August. Ooh. And with that being said, hey, we're going to start talking to our guests here. Matt, you're a 22-year veteran of uh, running in uh, late models. And what was it like growing up in the Ryan family? You got, you know, old dad, Terry Ryan, that uh, the other Terry Ryan that was, uh, you know, won a lot of races himself. And, and you know, you're just a little kid growing up in that family. And mom, Sheila, I want to say Sheila, I'm sure you're listening out there. <laughs> Down where I'm at announcing, I can hear you screaming in the stands. Okay. And, and those those are the people in the stands that, that don't know if you can hear people over the roar of the engines? Yes, you can. Yes. Yes, you can. Sheila Ryan. Definitely. Yes, so what was it like, Matt, growing up in that uh, household? Uh, you know, like when I was uh, when I was real little, my, my dad wasn't racing yet. He was uh, helping Rally Frank. And, yeah. and my, my first real memories of the, the going to the races were uh, riding to the races with uh, Rally and Dad and uh, going to Dubuque or uh, Cedar Rapids, uh, Tipton. Yeah. Uh, well, we... I spent a lot of time doing that, and then uh, when my sister came around, my dad's got a race car, and you sure. know, it was from the time I was as long as my oldest memories. I, you know, I, they're all of racetracks. They are, man. Hey, uh, Wookie, uh, put that picture of that yellow number 07 uh, modified up there, and we're gonna have that up there. There you go, oh, yeah. Terry. How about first that? feature nice. win. There it is. Tell me about that car right there. What kind of car was that one? Oh, that was uh, one that uh, that was a true junkyard car. Went over to B and C and bought a frame and the motors. And Bob Fear welded it all together and we started racing. And that's How the way we did that? it back yeah. in the day. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, you went out the junkyard. You got your brake pads, your your nine inch Ford. You got it all at the junkyard. Went around. Checking tabs on nine-inch uh, gears, and, <laughs> and they were home-built cars back wow. then. That was a fair Very race cool. at Tipton. It was. Okay. Yes. That's a good Very one cool. to win. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. That place is always packed. Who's that young guy next to the flagman? Mike. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. And, uh, Wookie, put up that picture of the other, uh, the orange car that uh, we got here. You know, Terry, I want you to tell the story. Uh, the other Terry Ryan. Now, everybody knows the Terry Ryan that run the dirt tracks around here. And then we had the Wham Racing number 81 that sat on the pole down there at 76 Daytona 500. You told me a story one time about getting a phone call. Oh, Butch Hartman called right. me up like 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know if I'm him. Yeah. <laughs> so, and what I, do you say at 5 in the morning? Well, I said, well, no. <laughs> I says, but, uh, you know, it's the right town, right name, but I'm not him. Yeah. Do you know that crazy SOB? <laughs> you know, he, he is a great guy, too. Uh, you know, I had a chance to talk to him. And, of course, they bought all of Foyt's stuff. And Wham Racing, uh, Monahan that owned that uh, operation, he owned all the Sambos right here in the Midwest. And so they, you know, like I say, they sat on the front row, two guys from Iowa, and that was, uh, How about that? you know, Ramos Stott and the other Terry Ryan. How about so that? that guy, That's impressive. You know, somewhat accomplished uh, himself going down there and sitting on the front row. Yeah. I was there. 
and you were there. Stands. So uh, <laughs> Daryl Waltrip was on the pole, and he got DQ'd. Uh-huh, I think so. A couple uh, of them. You know, there. I, there was a couple of guys up there, and I forgot who they were, but mm-hmm. I remember the race. And uh, so I thought it was kind of funny when all these years later when Michael Waltrip started up Michael Waltrip Racing, and uh, he got, you know, he was at Daytona, got penalized because he found oxygen-bearing additives in his fuel. I thought, man, you're like the old man. Uh, <laughs> Trying to do whatever you can do, get a little faster. That's right. Isn't That's that right. what we do as racers, though? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. man. So hey, while, while, we have, while we have a break, um, if you haven't already, please like and share. Uh, it helps us out. Uh, we're on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Spotify, Twitch. Uh, please make sure that you like. Smash the like button. Also, share it. We're also on all of these uh, all of these platforms, and as always, you can write comments down on the on the bottom in case you're a new viewer, and we can uh, check them out and read them on uh, on screen here, Shane. Yeah, we got some uh, cool prizes to give away. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the first one we're going to do is just go ahead and put your answer in uh, where you type a message at uh, Matt Ryan. How many racing T-shirts? Not his own. Anything that's in his dresser drawer that's a racing T-shirt. And he's kind of like me, Pat. Is that all you got? Racing shirts? I have a lot of racing. You know, my wife's like, okay, we moved him to the basement dresser. Now, which ones are we going to move out? I found a dresser out at at my grand, my parents' shop where a race shop is. I found a whole dresser that I have an entire collection of racing shirts I forgot I had. So, so go ahead and type in, uh, you know, where the message uh, section's at. So this this is our question, right? This is one of the questions. All right, we got a great big dry dean banner to hang in your man cave. How about that? Or hang in your garage, and all we need to know from you is how many racing shirts does Matt Ryan own? Type the answer in, and when we have a winner, we'll let you know. And it's more than three. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, a little more than three. So let's uh, get down here. Uh, Wookie, put that picture up of uh, Matt Ryan and his uh, national championship picture. Good guess, guess, Grip. That would be with a big trophy and looking all, look at that. How about that? You don't have no race shirt on in that one. You know, Matt, tell me, you know, two years, uh, you ended up finishing in the runner-up position. What was the feeling you had when you got the call from the IMCA and they said, hey, you're the man, you're the uh, national champion? That that uh, that stretch of uh, finishes the, the last, the that year, 19 and 18, uh, were, were, were pretty hard to take. And so, like, after 17 and 18, losing out on the last night and the last lap. Wow. And then uh, 19, uh, and I didn't even, you know, uh, 19, it was weird because we got done racing at Moline, and, and I thought we, you know, yeah, I, I did everything I could do. And uh, I was waiting for him to call, waiting for him to call, and nobody called. And I was at work for Kai's, and uh, Justin had, was on the phone with IMCA when I got there that morning. And, uh, you know, he – he's on the phone talking to them and I didn't know what he's saying and he's walking away from me and I'm like, come on, man, let me know. (laughs) So he hangs up the phone and he's like, man, I'm sorry. And I was like, yeah, you're sorry. Yeah. And then he starts laughing and we actually hugged each other. It was kind of really weird. And uh, everybody kind of looked at us funny. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, "Uh, let's not do that again, bud. (laughs) Nice. 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 But I'll tell you what, uh, what do we got? 19 wins, 18 top fives. Uh, my God, that was, uh, you were on fire. And uh, who was the first person you called and told that you'd won the championship to? Uh, my dad. All right. Oh, nice. And Terry, what was going through your mind when uh, he called you up? Well, it just 
you know, we finally made it after all of the letdowns for right. a couple of years. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it was awesome. You know, and I'm going to tell you what, when you win a national title, you got that forever. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you Google national champion late model 2018, boom, it comes right up on IMCA site, shows you. I mean, that's something with uh, you're going to take with you to your grave. So it's it's such a wonderful accomplishment. And when you look around the racing world, uh, you know, there's not too many people walking around saying they're national champions. So, Matt, that's, that was so awesome that year. Yeah, it, it definitely meant a lot. And uh, just for the, the – the, the times we've tried and tried and came, yeah. gotten so close, and then to finally finally get there was uh it was pretty amazing. Sure. Now tell me about the chassis uh, you're running right now. Uh, is that still a Kai car? Uh yeah, it's a 2019 Masters built that you know uh, through S and J Motorsports, which you know in 19 was Justin and Scott. Yeah. And uh, I, it was we got three cars that year, well, late model wise that were all the same, that were a bit different than everything we'd done before. Okay. And currently, me and Justin are still driving ours. They're uh, one number off. Yeah. yeah. Is that crazy? Yeah, the third one's the one that Mark Burkdorf drives in Burlington. Oh, how do you like that? <laughs> yeah. That's a cool story. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Terry, you had North Brady Imports. Yep. And like me, you're retired now. Yeah. So, <laughs> tell, ask me, or answer me, how does that impact your racing program? Well... Uh, I don't know. It's. I mean, you're still winning. Yeah, I mean, I've always, you know, I always had a day job, but then I was always in the garage at night, yeah. so uh, and, and nothing changed. Right. In 1991, when I switched to late models, we decided to build a new building for North Brady Import. That was All a right. busy year. Oh yeah. You got a picture so. of that late model uh, Wookie? <clears throat> oh hey, we got a winner on the shirts. We have some. How do you like have that? Have some numbers. Uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> mom, you cannot give the correct answer. Because <laughs> you cheating. know, you wash them. You know, you talk to his wife. So where it? Uh, she's going. She's cheating. I know. She's uh, hundred and seven for Christian Baldock. How about that nice. One hundred and seven, and so uh, that would be Christian. We're going to have that banner waiting for that's, you over here at Dunright TV. That's it's Elmo. Elmo. We know Elmo. <laughs> well, working for Rocket Rob, and one of these days, Rocket Rob's going to surprise us all in return. But Hey, Elmo, get over here to 1414 West Locust Street. That's right. And uh, you can pick up your racing banner for your man cave. And we, all and day long, every day. Keep listening up. we got another question we're going to give you later on in the second half of the show. Okay, so, Terry, this car here. Is that a Frieden car? Nope. It's not. Okay. That, I look the way the bars come down and tie into the uh, front stop. That's yeah. a Terry Hurst car. Terry Hurst car. Nice. Okay. Nice. Midwest Fabrication. That's right. Yeah. When okay. he was just working out of his garage. Yeah. And yeah. so you had a lot of success in that car, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that car. <laughs> yeah. It it uh, it was fast. <laughs> and, you know, it surprised me. You know, he had that deal with Oliver where he was building Tri-City Buggy cars and building his own cars, and Catherine won the IMCA national championship in, I'm going to say, 84 in that Midwest Fab car. But they kind of went away, and, uh, you know, here we are. So we got Shane Ford saying, got to meet Matt last Friday night at Tipton. Appreciate him taking some time out for a picture. And now, Sheila, you're going to be yelling at me at the races uh, coming up at Davenport, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you a ball cap. We're going to send you home with a uh, Dunright TV ball cap that you can uh, wear and be proud. Uh, so 
Uh, beyond that, let's. Uh, you're a three-time Illinois State champion. Uh, yeah, really, uh, you know, with IMCA, we we go to you know Mol- though, during those years where I raced all the races at Moline, and they'd always have the the races in LaSalle, and you know, for the most part, uh, with Quincy once in a while, uh, you know, those were those the nights that we would race in Illinois, and I'd be at all of them, and uh, you know, all three of those places I, I really enjoyed. So uh, that was always neat to. Uh, get that done uh, okay that's awesome yeah let's talk about uh your crew chief uh jake fear oh uh, i mean he's been with you since the beginning of time right yeah uh you know like my my dad grew up with his dad and uh yeah, bob. <laughs> i met bob in first grade bob, number 25 <laughs> ran modified and that guy always had clean cars too oh, yeah. go ahead uh jake's been with me as, as long as i've been doing this yeah. uh uh we we when we started doing this, neither neither one of us really knew too much about nothing. But sure. uh, it's been a long time now, and he's uh, I think he's learned a lot more than I have. Yeah, yeah, man, that guy's got it going on. It's great to have somebody that helps you out all those years. Uh, let's talk about the rest of your family. You got three kids. I have three little girls: uh, Delilah, Elise, and Emerson. They're thirteen, eight, and three, and uh, <laughs> they they all went with us Sunday night to the uh, the fair race. Okay, nice. that had been a good time. Oh yeah, they they really enjoyed themselves. Uh, yep. they, they, uh, my middle one, she's the big race fan, but she uh, <laughs> she fell asleep during the feature. Oh, <laughs> she got well, she got down the front straight away. She goes, we'll "That's why you it. got second, Dad." <laughs> <laughs> we have five grandkids. Wow, I mean, that's we have my sister, and wow. they're all girls. All girls. What's going on there? I don't know. Uh, we got to get another guy in there somehow, man. Uh, I, I think you have done. a talk with Molly and tell her one more time. Uh, I, I've, I've, uh, our, all our children are five years apart, and uh, Emerson's going to be four in October. So I think that that cycle should begin again. Oh, I, I go. This time it's got to be a guy. <laughs> we got to have somebody to take over the reins here, a third generation member. It's true. Well, yeah. Emerson, the the youngest one. My middle one. She's a. Uh, Pat, you can appreciate this. We we took her to Burlington a couple years ago. She's probably five or so, and now uh, sprint cars is all this little girl wants. Nice. All she talks about. She's How's like, Daddy, happen? I want to drive a sprint car. Nice. <laughs> How's that happen? <laughs> they they got wings. She, we, we don't have sprint <laughs> cars. After we got done with uh, going to Burlington that night, she come home and she's like, Daddy, you put a wing on my bike. <laughs> ah, <God. laughs> ah, I like this girl already. This is awesome. This there is you awesome. Go. <laughs> Uh, so, hey, Matt, down in the pit area, how is the camaraderie with all the other uh, late model drivers down there? Uh, for the most part, we all get along really well. You yeah. know, uh, you know, there's nights and times that <laughs> you, you might want to avoid a guy. Tony yeah. Stewart at one time referred to the racers as all brothers. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you hate each other. Yes, that is the truth. That is true. <laughs> you know, I remember uh, racing for national title, and, you know, you got you to gotta be aggressive. And... You know, sometimes, you know, that uh, White Castle slider doesn't quite work. <laughs> and so, you know, I always told the guys that uh, traveled with us, I say, you know, we're going to win a national title. We're not here to make friends. And we want to get along with everybody. But, uh, you know, we're, we're out here to win races. And so uh, there were nights. I mean, I remember coming to Liberty and uh, getting into it with uh, one of the mod guys that was up there. Uh, the big show they run at Liberty every year back when – uh, the Yankee, uh, you know, we're running one, two, three. I think Mike Frieden's leading it. The number 99 mods running second. Uh, Mike Schulte. Mike Schulte. 
and I'm running third. And the guy, you know, I got power to get around Schulte, but he keeps coming down on me uh, going into turn three. And, you know, on turn three, you don't want to run up high because it, like, flattens out and you'd head for the wall. So I'm trying to, you know, get by him on the bottom. Man, finally, I got the waving green flag, and we go down the back stretch, and Schulte's clean up by the wall, and he dies her down on me. And I thought, nah, we ain't lifting this time. And kapow! <laughs> Man, I hit him in the left rear, and he did about five three sixties and bounced her off the fence. So we had a skeleton crew that night, and the crew I had did not like to fight. And when I got down there, I think everybody that knew Schulte was – you know, on top of my trailer, so I just cranked her up about 7,500 and let her rip, and they scattered like cockroaches. But, you know, again, we just get back to the old story that uh, I like that guy. He's a great guy and all that stuff. But that night we just uh, kind of had a little uh, slugfest there. And Sometimes that happens. Did what we had to Sometimes do. We came home happens. second, and Frieden won it, and I didn't have anything for Frieden. Mike but, is uh, uh, my uh, brother-in-law. Mike? Nice. Frieden. Frieden. Oh, Good. All right. I was hoping you wasn't going to say Schulte. Yeah. yeah. He's listening Matt, right now, Shane. Yeah. No. Matt, you, you were just saying before we went on air that, that um, you were running second the other night and went to try to make a, a pass for the lead. Tell us about that story. Uh, Sunday night at Sunday Dubuque. Night, yeah. uh, I just gotten into second and with the laps winding down. And uh, prior to me getting there, how I got to second was the – the kid that was in second uh, slid Luke Murfeld, and uh, you know Luke let him have it. And uh, I'm watching that, and I get by uh, Logan Duffy, and Luke's still leading, and the laps are winding down, and you know we're coming through one and two is probably the ideal spot to make a slide job Sunday night to actually stick and have a chance at completing it. But uh, I, you know, I, I saw what, what transpired there and my, my thought process is, uh, I, I know Luke ain't going to lift here. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I went for it three and four and got, I, you know, it, it didn't stick like I needed it to down, you know, to carry the momentum and the top side was so fast. And uh, I was like, well, I, I guess this is when you settle for second. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes discretion is a better part of valor, isn't it? Well, uh, definitely, definitely. Well, especially the fair week coming up. And I tell you what, that's that that speaks volumes to to your style. And and as I as I've gotten to watch more and more of the late model races, one of the things about your style is is that, that you don't you're not a bonsai kind of a guy. You're you're I, I like to say quiet fast because it's like all of a sudden, hey, where did this guy come from? Where did Matt you come know? from? Yeah, all of a sudden, hey, look at there. Matt's racing for the lead when it when and you're not like crazy, you know, run the wheels off the car kind of a. You're always fast, but you're always smooth, and you don't take a lot of risks about that. So okay, yeah. Hey, uh, Brad Peak's got a question up there. Are the Flying Ryan's Donaldson Friday for the Drive for Five? Uh, it, it's on the schedule. Uh, we'll, we'll get through Wednesday, and we'll we'll see what uh, what transpires after Wednesday. Yes. Nice. All right. And uh, anybody's got any questions, please uh, post them on the message board, and we'll get them answered for you. One of the things I always like to ask everybody is um, the zero seven. I always like to find out because there's normally a good story. Where did you guys get your number from? Uh, I How have did to, that come about? I have to default to him. Right there. Look at this. Now, hey, uh, Wookie, can we get the camera on that 07 that Terry's holding up right now? Am I in the way? Um, hold it up in the air a little bit. There you go. Zero 07. A little bit little lower little there, Terry. The okay. There, there you go. That's got her. Nice. Nice. So how, how did the 07 come about? That's Sam Reeks. Yeah? <laughs> he, when I was helping Raleigh, 
he'd come down here, and he's the only guy that come down here could, that could beat Ronnie Whedon. And we yeah. got to know him. And, and where was you know, he he'd from? He'd stay at Raleigh's house. He was from out east, but he was driving his cars out of Freeport. Okay. Right. And we get to know him, and he, he just made an impression on me. And sure. when I started racing, that's where my number came from. Nice. Oh, man. Nice. Yeah, that's I love, awesome. I love good <laughs> stories like that. So, Matt, the old IMCA Dairy Series, do you miss that? Uh, I definitely do. I, I miss it a lot. You know, the uh, SLMR and uh, Joe Kosicki is you know, bought that and, and has kind of taken it and done a similar type series with it, but uh, it's not quite the same same guys, and it's uh, a little bit more traveling. Yeah. Uh, the Deary series mainly focused on, you know, everybody's home tracks, and, we, you know, right. we get around to a lot of different places. And um, just the way IMCA is set up now with the, the crates and the plates that – you know, the, the, the guys with crates, they're not going to be at an SLMR race. It's just, it's, Absolutely. it's and, not. And that asks the question, are you running the crate? No, no. I, you know, I nothing against the crates. Uh, but uh, when they came up with that plan, I, I had two spec motors and, you know. I mean, my God, all that money wrapped up <laughs> yeah. in them? Yeah. So what do you we, do? We, we never, uh, never got onto the uh, cr- uh, crate program. I drove mo- modifieds with crates in them and I, I think they're great for mods. Uh, yeah. Uh, I prefer myself to not run a plate weekly or ever. All right. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I get Forever. that. Hey, I get that. <laughs> I, IMCA's thought was to try to grow the class oh, a little bit man. more. Yeah. So how, how do you feel like the, that the spec motor competes with the, with the crate? Do you feel like there's a, a distinct advantage there? Um, you know, it, it, I think a lot of places, uh, it, it can go either way. I think it's really close. Uh, you know, like Friday at Donaldson that uh, Brad Peake was talking about. Uh, that place is, I, I would prefer to have a crate at Donaldson. Okay. Now, uh, let's say we go to uh, East Moline, I would I, prefer to have a, a spec motor. But, All right. You know, it just kind of depends where you're at. Okay. And, you know, it's it's pretty even. But, you know, there's places that spec motors have a bit of an advantage, and there's places that the crates have a bit of an advantage. Nice. Nice. Right. They got it pretty close. Yeah. That's what I've heard a lot. Yeah. So. So, Matt, you run a lot of tracks. Do you like quarter mile, three-eighths mile, half mile? I mean, what do you prefer to run on? The smaller, the better. Smaller, the better. Nice. Ain't that the truth? Nice. And, and tell the fans out there why the short track is better. Uh, there's there's no time to think. There's there's no time. You're just simply reacting on the short Hammer tracks. Hammer down. And, and yeah, I mean, I... You know, we get on the big tracks. We go to West Liberty or something. I'm like, uh, you know, okay. looking around, finding mermaids and unicorns. <laughs> you know, at Davenport, they used to have the drive-in theater, so you could watch a movie while you're going down a bad yeah, stretch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a great thing about it. So, Matt, so, what, what is your favorite track? Do you have one favorite place that you just love more than anything? Well, he's not going to tell you <laughs> Oh, that. that's right. That's right. That's oh, I do. I do. He does have. We, okay. have. we have a production meeting before we before we go on air and everything. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so it really is vodka in this thing. I'm not that sure. is going to be one of our questions right now. We'll go ahead and ask it now. Uh, and type in a message. What is Matt's favorite racetrack? All that's, you got to do is type a, in the track you believe it is. That's what I am. And we got a toolkit here. And make sure you're in an area where you can drive down here to the studio to uh, uh, 1414 right. Matt uh, Ryan's West Locust. And Matt pick it up. Ryan's favorite racetrack. Brad, no. Hey, Bruce Fosdick, uh, sharp-looking hats, guys. They like your done-right hats. And uh, uh, Bruce's brother, Brett Fosdick, passed away this week, so we want to offer our condolences, our thoughts and prayers for Brett, and please uh, keep us posted on Facebook as far as, uh, you know, when the services are going to be. Uh, we don't have it yet, 
And I like uh, Elmo's uh, Quad City Super Speedway. That's not it. Uh, right? I like that. Tip Knuckle Bowl. Burlington. <laughs> Knuckle Bowl. Man, we got them all up there. Uh, Jeff Hollowell wants to know who writes the Facebook Ryan Race Reports. <laughs> well, uh, that's you know, classified. <laughs> that's right. I, I actually write the race report, and, and, nice. but I, I don't write it, so it seems that I'm writing it. I try to make it sound like he's writing it. There you <laughs> go. Pin it on, Dad. I thought you were going to see it was like a Kentucky Fried Chicken recipe, you know. Just had it hidden away or Bush's Baked Beans that's recipe my, or any my, of that my, stuff. My press agent, right? Yeah. My publicist still, writes all they're the going. Uh I and you still haven't guessed who it is. Yeah, I don't see anybody up there yet. They're Pat, keep talking. I'm going to grab something out of my briefcase. All right. That, <laughs> All sounds, right. that sounds good. So i tell you what, Matt. One of the things that I always like to ask people is a dream. Okay. So if, if somebody came down with a magic wand and or, or a genie in a bottle and you were able to rub it and poof, you got to run your absolute dream race. You didn't have to worry about budget, tires, location, travel. If you got to pick the dream race that you got to run, what would it be? Uh, the, the World 100 for Kevin Rumley. Nice. Wow. Nice. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. I, I don't think it's, it's, uh, the seat's very open right now. You know, yeah. I, think, I think the kid that he's got in there is doing an adequate job. I'm yeah. just going to go with he's younger than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I heard he's got a full-time gig, though, so you never know. <laughs> he does get busy. <laughs> Keep guessing know. on that racetrack, you, you guys. Know. are. I like that. I like not that. Even getting That's fun. One of them guys knows Matt better than the rest of them. There you go. <laughs> hey, Matt, so in uh, Sheila, you can't guess. Uh, Matt, uh, tell me, uh, do you have a worst moment in racing? Uh, y- you know, uh, there, yeah. Uh, Let's hear about it. Pro- probably the, the, the worst night that, I, that I've had was uh, 2018. All right. Uh, season championship, I believe, at Makokota, the final point weekend. Yeah. Uh, I, I needed to basically finish second and then beat Jeremiah Hurst. Okay. Which I had been handling him at Makokota for most right. of the year that season. Okay. And uh, I was right behind Maya, and uh, we're there like three wide in front of us for the lead, and we we both had to start 12th, okay. 11th and 12th. And, uh, sure. So the guy got turned around, and Maya saw it before I was up tucked up underneath him, and uh, – the guy ended up right in front of me, and I hit him uh, wide Man, open. Dude. It uh, basically uh, ended that car for the weekend. Right. And uh, that was the final point night. Uh, I needed to go Sunday. Like, okay. It was looking like I w- wasn't going to have to. As long as I finished that race, for the most part, I, we're, we're gold. But uh, that then that happened. And then uh, the realization of, you know, that that, that was it. Yeah. That was one of the heartbreakers. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, uh, when that happens, you're like, man, I'd rather, uh, you know, miss out by 100 points and be that close and have somebody that's out of your control. Right. Yeah. Can end your dream. Well, the, the, so the next night, we, we go to Moline and. Hold it right there. Carl Thompson, you are the winner. Ding, LaSalle ding, ding, is ding, his ding. favorite racetrack. So, Carl. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Dude had it first. Okay. You look up there. Jeremy Roth. Uh, Jeremy Roth. All right, Jeremy Roth. There we go. Uh, I'm going to write your name down there. Uh, That's dude. All right. Jeremy Roth, uh, you swing by 1414 uh, West Locust Street here in Davenport, Iowa, right down from the racetrack, right across from the old restaurant that was, come on, Terry. 
Oh, Rafies. Rafies. Yes. Come on. All right. Yes. There you go. So, so Matt, what is your favorite racetrack? Uh, LaSalle, Illinois. LaSalle. Uh, right. it, it, Why? It's short. It, it's small. Uh, the, the, the cushion stays, uh, stay, sticks around nice. most of the night, but it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Uh, it's a <laughs> uh, pretty treacherous place to run the top, but... You know, I, I, the times we've gotten to actually race there, it's I haven't come home with much left on the back deck, but we've always run pretty good. Nice. And actually, Jeremy, nice. the one that answered that, um, back to that night. So that went into the next night. I ended up having to borrow Justin Kai's car to compete at Moline. Oh, wow. Like and nice. I'm starting on the front row. All I got to do is win the race yeah. and no problem. And Jeremiah has the same thing going into that night. Is all he has to do is come start twelfth at Moline on season championship, win the race, and beat me at Moline in a borrowed car. And uh, then he would win it. Wow. And uh, he ended up. Uh, I Justin told me to drive that car like it was mine, and uh, I, I didn't listen to him very well till uh, the last few laps. And uh, by that point, Jeremiah had gotten by me, and. Uh, Oh. That led to probably the greatest moment also that was in a not winning sense is uh, Rick Hurst, his, my dad, who passed away uh, a year ago. Yeah, um, He came up to me and told me that, you know, hey, I, I really appreciate you running my son as hard as you do. And yet, you know, being uh, in clean. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and me and my have always gotten along really well. And, you know, for, for Rick, who's a man of few words. Right. To, to compliment me yeah. in, in the moment of his his son winning the national uh, was really meant a lot to me. Sure, that's awesome. That is awesome. So now, uh, what about your uh, best uh, moment in racing? Uh, the best moment in racing, uh, uh, probably the winning the Slocum Fifty in two thousand eleven. Oh yeah. yeah, that was yeah. something. Oh yeah, it's the first week feature we ever ran it, won at Burlington. Yeah. Slocum 50. Yeah, yeah you what, know what, what that Brent what Slocum, I mean. Yeah, too. You know, here this guy, number five, just yeah. working on his car. Yep. Car comes up in the pit area, Bob hits him. and uh, I, was, I was actually standing there talking to him when, when this happened. Oh, you uh, were? Oh, I did not uh, know that. Big, and so. Big Jake uh, helped uh, Gary Russell actually shove me out of the way, and he actually got run over by it, him and the, the other kid that got clipped before it hit Brent. Yeah. And uh, that, that was a pretty bad memory. but Oh, my God. Brent was a great guy. Uh, yeah. Winning that race was uh, meant a lot to me, right? And uh, a lot to the people that you know knew Brent and myself right. that were from the that area. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's wow. another driver you don't see out there anymore. Gary Russell from Bigsville, Illinois. Right. That number twenty car was always, you know, a front runner and always a threat to win. And uh, you know, I think at one point when Burlington dropped IMCA and you know went kind of UMP ish. Uh, a lot of them guys got rid of their uh, rides or parked them, and we haven't seen them back. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brad, I race down there every week still uh, when they have the late models. It ends up being about every other week. Brad yeah. Stevens now runs his track. And uh, he asked me, you know, what, how come I can't get, like, the, the fields like Davenport has? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's mainly a location thing, you know, if you really think about it, Brad. Right. You know, we had Tom Darbyshire, Gary Russell, Jeff Lau, Tommy Bowling, Boone McLaughlin. These guys are all, you know. They stopped running late models in that area. They're all from the Burlington area. Right. And, you know, they didn't really have anywhere to go, so they got out of it. Got out of it. Boy, that was tough. And you can see that You can see that from a sprint car sense because most of the 305s that run there are guys that are, you know, when I travel down there to run, I'm, I'm towing a long ways for them because they're all from within 5, 10 miles of the racetrack. Yeah. Know? I it mean, when I started down there, it's a lot of the same guys, you know, or, you know, or, or their sons. I, right. I knew Ryan Jamison well when he, yeah. you know, when I started down there. 
Yep. And, you know, and now his son. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Jameson. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Terry, uh, when you were racing, did you have any racing superstitions? Superstitions? Yeah, you know, Gary Webb told us about how <laughs> yeah. the odometer and putting tape over it because it, you know. No, I didn't. You really didn't? No. Because you're wearing a green shirt. That's why I asked. I know. It's a Slocum 50 shirt. All right. Just don't wear it on race night, okay? Yeah. How about you, Matt? Any racing superstitions uh, you've got? Um, I, I don't know if I have superstitions. I have a few things that are kind of kind of odd. Uh, years ago, uh, when I was racing uh, at Moline, and it just really kind of got into the swing of things over there. Yeah. And uh, it was battling Ray, Gus. Yeah. All time pretty hard and uh there was a night uh season was over and uh he come over and he, he gave me a, a raccoon's penis a, a raccoon's dick it's <laughs> a, <that's> a bone <laughs> and nice. he told me he said he goes as long as i've been racing that i believe his father gave it to him yeah as uh as that was a good luck thing and he carried it in his pocket wow and uh so he gave me one then and uh it it stays in my trailer and Seriously, in with my helmet, and, right. and, you know it's it, don't, it does not leave. Now, Pat, I love it. that's a story. That's a story. It is. What Mission about you, Pat? Did you have any superstitions? Oh, or hell yes. Yeah, I have. Oh one yes. Too. Racers are, are are more superstitious. The only the only group of people that are more superstitious than racers, or maybe equal to, are baseball players. Yeah. Uh, and that's why we love these stories because most people, especially from a fan perspective, never get to see that. So they don't get to see the guys come for the draw and have to go through their routine or only draw chips with their left hand or only draw chips with the right hand yeah. or i found you know. no matter what hand i drew with was the wrong one <laughs> <laughs> i had that a couple of times they told me at knoxville one night that they didn't realize they had a number that high in the pill draw <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. well you know i'm a professional at this you know i mean there's few that have the skill level that can draw a number that high so <laughs> I, I believe uh kevin yoder used to run the uh who's the theory series yes uh, director uh after the theory series was over he told me goes you know I, I wanted to share this with you the top three worst drawers in the history of the theory series of guys running more than 10 races yes so it's a, a wide pool almost anybody ever ran the theory series yeah i was the worst drawing there you driver go. I mean, is in the history terry was the second worst drawer oh my god and the only Come one on. on our level was daryl de france oh my god daryl de france I, you know whatever you guys are doing i do something different yeah <laughs> you, know, you gotta do something that, different. that's and that's one of the things i love about superstitions is when they don't work oh man it's you know yeah. they're gone you know whatever it was that that you know, and let's let's face it we're grown adults so we know that it doesn't really have anything to do with it but yeah. and that's what i love about superstitions is is we know that it's really not going to have any effect on it. However, why are you going to tempt fate? Right? <laughs> Definitely. So we were talking to uh, Tony Izzo last week, and he said that, that for a stretch, he wore the same T-shirt 19 straight races. Yeah. 19 straight races. Wow. She was, was a little right, but yeah. he kept wearing it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I have, I have yeah a habit. Where he was. I have a habit of wearing sandals to the races a lot. Okay. So yeah. I have a pair of socks that have been in my uh, closet in the trailer. Sure. For the majority of this, well, I let's just say for the entire season, <laughs> love it, love it, it. They, they don't come out. Oh you know, man! And, so you, you would ask me, yes, I I have to put my so it, it, with sprint cars, especially we always always wear long underwear, and I have to put them on left foot first. 
That's yep. one of my one what, of my things. Crazy. Nobody sees outside of the trailer. When right? I buckle in, it's the same process every yeah. time. And if yeah. anything's different, I, I will physically start over from Gotta scratch. Start you have to. Gotta start yeah, over. If somebody comes and talks to me in the middle yeah. of doing this, in most fear, my uh, crew chief, he he knows this. Yeah. You know, he laughs at me, but. He'll stand there and make sure that nobody's coming up to ask it's me anything. Or yep. yeah, got to start over. <laughs> yeah. So while we're on the subject, you had mentioned I've been saving this story. Yeah, you had mentioned the drive-in movie at Davenport. Right. Okay. So talking about superstitions in 1975, and don't don't hold me to the year. Um, Doug Wolfgang was the fastest man alive in sprint car racing. Okay, right. he was in Bob Trousel's number 20 car. Dominating everywhere he went. Wow. They had a brand new car. He had won like some ungodly amount, like 20 straight races, something like that. Came to Davenport to run an open race and destroyed the car going into turn three. And Bob, I don't know if you guys know Bob, actually, is about your size, looks a lot like you, Terry. And uh, he was hopping mad. He couldn't figure out what the hell happened. You just went down to the corner, it looked like something broke. And he pulled Wolfgang aside and said, You know what happened? Did you break? And Wolfgang was like, um, uh, well, uh, and turns out what happened was, I don't know if you guys remember it or not, but they had those little rubber plastic parachute men. Yeah. Do you remember those things that had a little parachute and you toss them up and the parachute would come out and it would float down? Well, they had gotten one of those early in the season and cut the parachute off and strapped it on the top of the roll cage. Okay. Before the season started, they had won 18 straight races with that little, that little guy wire, wire tied up on front of the roll cage. Sure. A mud clot had hit it, and it fell down in Wolfgang's lap. And oh he was looking down like this, trying to find the guy, drove straight in the turn three wall and wrecked the car. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say he got a glimpse of the movie. <laughs> and it was, and it was, yeah. And they said, they said that, yeah, there were, there were nudie films that had played on it. And that's yeah. what everybody thought that, that he had looked up and seen the movie. And, yeah. and they were going to scald him. No, it was a mud clot that hit off his lucky guy. <laughs> it was uh, in the 80s over Davenport. I'm running on a half mile, and the same thing happened. Yeah. Porky's is playing at the drive in theater. <laughs> so I'm watching Porky's. I'm going down a back stretch, and I, dang, I'm missing all the good parts. Well, man, I come off, uh, you know, turn two, and I'm heading out a back stretch. And there's a famous scene in there, and if you guys seen the movie uh, Porky's, where uh, Mrs. Ballbreaker was involved, and I'm watching it. The next thing I know, kawam! I'm in turn three wall, car climb the wall, set down, and I remember getting down the infield, and uh, Dino Dan that owned the car, he said, "What in the world broke on the car?" And, and I told him, I said, I don't know, it just went straight. I was not going to tell him <laughs> yeah, that, that was Mrs. Ballbreaker had smart. my attention. I can see you coming around going, whoa! <laughs> yeah! But so, man. while I'm thinking about it, uh, guys, please make sure you like and share what we do. If you're on Facebook uh, or on YouTube, please make sure you like and share. Uh, that, that helps us out. Spread the word a little bit. We're averaging our, our crowds uh, that are watching our viewership going up every single week, and we can't do it without you guys. So that's right. Please make sure you like and share. Okay, so here's where we're at now, Terry. We're going to ask you, what was something that no one knows about you? You know, we had as an example, we had a guy in here that played hockey. We didn't know he played hockey. Uh, there were some different uh, trinkets, and you know, the fans see you and your son at the racetrack all the time. They know the guy in the red and white car, but what's something nobody would know about you? Oh, I, I. And while you're thinking about it, man, if you got something, roll with it. I, I, I think I know something about him that most people don't actually oh, know. Oh, let's hear. 
So this like o- over the years, like you know, people come up and talk to him, and he'll just turn and walk away from. Oh, them. and you know, they're like, "Man, that guy's really that. a dick." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, know it's wrong. It's not till later that they find out that uh, he's actually deaf in one ear. Yeah, and he really wasn't ignoring you. He just right. didn't hear anything you said. You know, and so I'm going to ask you, Terry. Uh, all the years I drove, I never wore earplugs, and you know, I just wanted to hear that tire if it slipped a little. But now, you know, here I am at 62 years old, and I wish I'd wear earplugs. I, when I started, I didn't wear them, but then yeah. I, I thought, you know, I probably, and I wear them a lot when I'm watching him race now, because right. right. I only got one good one. and You want to protect right. it. Yeah. I have a hearing aid that's for right. it, which I forgot. So. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that that is something that, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, loss of hearing a lot of race drivers right. got. You're in there tuning the thing out in the garage, and. You know, you're wrapping her up to 7,800 and open headers, and you're like, and, hey, this sounds cool. And I think a lot of that, too, is generational. So, so you, and I know you're a lot younger. You're, you're, I'm between you guys in age, but um, I know the guys that I grew up emulating, it was, it was a certain amount of pride is, you know, you're not going to be one of, you know, a, a little wimpy man and, and wear earplugs. That's for sissies, you know, because they're they manned up. However, you try to tell them something, and they go, what? You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't so want to be passing me on the outside some places. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had Todd Cooney in the wall at Des Moines. Yeah. Gary knew he was there until we. Yeah, until the contest. That's right. Uh, That's right. So, Matt, tell me something about you. Nobody would know. Uh-huh. Everybody knows you're a school teacher. I like bringing that up because that's so cool. Because yeah. imagine having your teacher being a race car driver. Is that cool? That is cool. It's real cool. I get a lot of kids that uh, students that actually come up to the races, and you know, a, a lot of the people that I worked with didn't didn't know like what I actually I did. They just said, "Well, he likes to drive race cars," but they didn't know have any concept of what that meant. Right. And uh, the gym teacher up the, at my school, Sarah Tilkins, she uh, coaxed a lot of the other ones to come up and watch one night, and Very you cool. know, they they. Couldn't they couldn't fathom this? This no. was mind blowing to them. Oh, I, I can imagine. Never been to a dirt track. Didn't know what racing was. Well, you see <laughs> this gentle amazing. teacher, and uh, you know teaching the students, and you just can't imagine that you know he turns into this wild beast on race night, and <laughs> there's this transformation that takes place, and man, you're out there hammer down, going for it. So, what, what do you teach, Matt? Uh, I actually teach art, uh, nice. kindergarten through eighth grade, and. Nice. Uh, uh, JFK Catholic School here in Davenport. Nice. I would not have guessed that. Where did art come from? Uh, that's probably what most people don't know. Is I actually have a, <laughs> I have a studio art degree from the University of Iowa. Okay. And nice. uh, when I was in college, uh, the reasoning, uh, I went to college, and my, my dad had told me that, you know, you got to go to college if you want to drive a race car, Sonny. All right. So I was like, well, sounds like I'm going to college. All right. Nice. Hey, Wookie. Nice. So you got a picture like, of those Iowa Hawkeyes awesome. up there? That is awesome. I get to to Iowa City, and I was like, uh, apparently going to college, you have to pick something to do. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Who are these people? Oh, yeah. I mean, what's going on there? (laughs) That is Carver Carver Hawkeye Arena. You know what? Yeah, that's better. (laughs) And I tell you one thing right now, even though I live in Illinois, man, I've been a Hawk fan my whole life. That's right. uh, You knew knew John Relk. uh, Used to be the old, uh, he was team captain back in 84, the Iowa Hawkeyes, but knew a lot of different players over the years, and you know, of course, we had the Quad City Thunder here in town. We got to watch a lot of, you know, the Kevin Gambles of the world and, uh, boy, Bill Jones. Yep. And, yep. Uh, of course, we got CBJ Armstrong playing oh, for yeah. the Bulls. But oh, yeah. Iowa's just such a great program. 
and Sheila's smiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, that was actually my, my dad's birthday. Was it really? <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. Uh, my nice. sister and my brother-in-law and uh, my well, mom family. and my wife, me and my dad. <laughs> and there's nothing like a game. Well, we might have been down at the Vine before we went up there, too. So. <laughs> I, I did live in Iowa City for seven years. We were pretty well-versed on what to do before a game. Where to go. Okay. Very nice. Love oh, it. my God. My favorite place is Mickey's downtown. Uh, I, I I used to live across the street from Mickey's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, never went inside. Never went in there, though. Yeah, did never, you know? never. I know. That's what he tells me. Oh, okay. but, but, if, but if Justin says he knows me, you know, just say no. So, <laughs> yeah. Justin, Justin's the main bartender manager there. So. Uh, Jeff Hollowell says, Sheila can drink Terry mm. under the table. Is that true? Uh, no. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Rick Stone. I laugh when I see your race weekend in review. Love the part about Justin Kai Speedway. Now, that's got to be the other name for Davenport Speedway. That, that is true. That is All true. Right. Okay. So, well, I, 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 I uh, you know, for the uh, many years now in the summers, I, I've worked for the, the Kai family, for, for Justin yeah. uh, at the shop. And uh, so I, I get a lot of grief from Justin. So uh, last year during his run of, uh, I believe there was nine times that I had to lead within the Matt, within three to go. Yeah, dude. He'd get me. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there. I mean, I, 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 I lay down the hardware mic. I pick up the wireless. I'm ready to go down and present you the check. And I'm standing at the top of the steps. And I, I'm just like, this is heartbreaking. He pulls the, you know, the White Castle slider. And just steals it away from. Always him. gets that late restart. I know. Yeah. Well, he's ripping roll cage padding loose and throwing it out the window. So Jacques debris. debris on the track. Debris on the track. No, I'm not going to have a job next week. So <laughs> uh, you know, Ricky and Brenda Kai are great promoters. Yeah, they, I love they them do guys. a phenomenal job. You know, when I look at that racetrack and where it's come from, uh, uh, you know, over the last three years, uh, you know, them and Dr. Al, they do a great job prepping it. And remember. If you want to know about any of the racing uh, stats, results, upcoming races, just go to uh, Davenport Speedway on www.davenportspeedway.com or Facebook, go to Davenport Speedway-K Promotions. That's right. And a uh, little known fact, well, maybe it is not nowadays, but uh, Dunright TV actually does all of the weekly races from Davenport, right. as well as Donaldson Burlington, Dubuque, and they can be found on DunrightTV.com. Yeah. 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 In fact, uh, remember we did uh, a couple of weeks ago, Independence uh, Iowa, the fair. That's up right. There. That's right. Yeah. And they were up the, They were up at Dubuque in the fair race with the uh, the Sprint Invaders on, um, on Wednesday. Is that so, Terry, you talk about you, you, were, uh, you were helping Raleigh out in the pits, and then you started racing. How old were you? I started helping Raleigh. Probably when I was 24. Okay. And uh, I helped him up till uh, 1984. Okay. Which he was born in the late 70s. My daughter was wow. born in the early 80s. Child of the 70s. And I was over at Raleigh's every night. Oh, man. And, you know, it was starting to cause some problems. And, now, did and, he live by the fairgrounds back then? Well, no. We, well... Not too far. Okay. Lived up Kimberly and Pine. Okay. All right. Nice. Yeah. But anyway, a lot of times me and Raleigh get done working on the car and have to slip over the rusty nail. Hey, <laughs> my kind of guy. It's right on the way home. So, no. 
YMCA modified for just kind of getting big. And I said, I think I could do that. So, they, they you know, that's when we Yankee built that Center. first car. Yeah. Uh, I was home every night. There I was out in the garage, but yeah. I was home. <laughs> you know, there's something to be said about that. And I know she, Sheila's very soft-spoken, so she wouldn't have said anything about you being out with Raleigh all day. Uh, <laughs> She's got all the two kids. Oh, <laughs> man. I know how that goes. You know, it finally came to a point. My wife said, hey, we got two kids. Uh, I need you to be PTA president, coach the ball team. And I'm like, okay, I get it. My racing days are over, so. You know, about 2000, we wrap things up and call it a day. But, you know, I'm thankful. You know, I love racing. I, you know, I love watching you drive, Matt. I just, and Davenport has such a wonderful show every week. I mean, oh, yeah. feature after feature, uh, you know, they're close. And so, you know, I'm thankful that, hey, I can still go to the races and get my racing fix. And, uh, you know, I get a paycheck when I go home. Yeah. So not right. Can't beat and, that. Hey, I want to ask you guys too. One of the big things we talked to you guys about uh, Tuesday at East Mole, or at uh, Davenport was, you know, the tire issue. What's going on with the tires? Why is there a tire shortage? You know, w- what's at the base of all that? So the way it was explained to me Tuesday night at Davenport was uh, that basically they knew at I eighty that they were going to go to fifty fives, but Joe wanted to make sure that he got his. The, the SLMR guys taken care of. Okay. And he right. purchased a, a large amount of 55s, and then he told the open guys that they're going to be on the same tire. Mm. And so the open guys, they're buying up tires, and Hoosier thought this was a good plan because they had plenty of 55s. Okay. But they didn't realize just how many tires they were going to go through because oh they're they getting thin on 20s and 40s, and uh, so that's why they wanted to run the 55s, and they thought right. that would bring more cars in. Because a lot of the SLMR guys can, can can do both, they just don't have the the tire selection. Okay. And uh, that was the you know the compromise to a save the track, b get a few more cars there. All right. And uh, uh, Hoosier wasn't quite prepared for that, and I, they're having trouble getting materials to, to produce more new tires. So All right. what they have is what they have. And I remember one of the uh, one of the early season shows, they didn't have any. 55s, I think, and they were telling the guys then, be patient, 55s are coming, but we got to deal with the 40, was it the 40s that they were running then? Yeah. It was the hardest that they had leading up to then. So, okay. So for the people that don't know, what's the difference between a 40 and a 55? So like the tires we run are the 55s, the WRS2 uh, 55. It, it, it's already, the, the tread pattern's completely cut. Okay. So, and, you know, the, uh, 40 is actually, it ends up being the same hardness but it's a different there's more natural rubber in it and right. it's not cut so okay. you actually have to cut it yourself get your groove around and slice it. her up huh and uh wow. the, the, the 40s generally are probably a better tire the, the wrs2s are more uh, i don't know they're they're cheaper yeah All <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I like that. it's definitely a case that you get what you pay for yeah we're well, almost asking up there uh do you guys <laughs> miss going to Gulfport? Uh, i don't know if i miss oh, going yeah. to Gulfport dearly <laughs> yeah these, but it was only fun with rocket rob right man yeah. they used to call that the hub of hell that's right <laughs> I, I, I gotta tell you you know i sold hot furniture my whole life so i would uh sometimes i'd go down the illinois side and shoot across 34 and that day the dike broke and flooded Gulfport. Mm-hmm. I went through there, gassed up at the gas station, and went on over to Burlington. Well, when I at the end of my day, you know, I had people tell me, "Hey, you might want to take 61 home, uh, Gulfport. Uh, you know, the dike gave away and it's it's flooded." And I thought, "Oh, flooded? You know, I mean, I know how it gets down there on River Drive." And and I get home, look at the nightly news, and I mean that water was up to the 
That closed the bridge. Canopy. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, come on. It's hard. To, it's hard to fathom. And and Gulfport has never been the same. It never recovered. No. It, it never did no. recover. Yeah. See, I don't know. The... Probably because you and Rocket Rob quit there going. You go. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. I blame Rob's retirement for his Gulfport <laughs> not coming back. <laughs> All the money that he came and left there, right? Yeah, Pat, <laughs> this one's for you, Carl Thompson. Uh, uh, Pat, my family and I saw our first sprint car race at East Moline Speedway on Wednesday night. They were so exciting, scary, crazy, and they just loved them. You know what? I think that's a perfect description, Carl. Thank you. Right. Uh, they're, they are crazy fast, um, and they're wild. I tell you what, and they're every bit as wild to be on the inside of one, too. So. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you for the shout-out. And Sheila talking about we need to get start letting kids on the track. Uh, with Dad for picks, the old gate under the old flag stand could be a possibility. You know, I'm going to talk to Ricky and Brent. I don't know if you ever talked to them about that. People, when I was up at East Moline promoting, I mean, I let all the kids out. And, uh, you know, the promoter right before me claimed, oh, the insurance company won't let me, Shane. And they blanked it, you know, threw them under the bus. So I had the same insurance company, and I said, hey, can I let kids on the track? Sure. I'm out there. So we'd, we'd let a race over there, and it would be the same. Well, it'd be the same kids out for everybody. Yeah, there'd be right. 50 kids right. out there. You didn't know any of them. But, you know, mom and dad was going to buy a picture. And if that gets them kids back every week Bingo. just to get a picture taken, mm-hmm. you know when they come back, guess somebody's got to drive them there. And so I always like that. And one of the things I did up at uh, you know the track when I was promoting is, uh, of course, we had a little different layout. But whoever won the features, you know, like the late models would be the last feature, fire that car up, drive it around, turn three and four, and up in the uh, uh, concessionary, shut her down. People could come up, get their pictures taken with the driver and the trophy and all that stuff. I just think that, uh, Terry, back in the day when you and I were racing, uh, and even before we were racing, like over at Davenport, uh, you know, in the good old days, and you had Gerber out there and Bill Starr, Benny Hofer, all of them. I mean, we had the pit area right next to those bleachers where the concession building's at now. And, I mean, you could look down, see your favorite driver down there just wrenching away in a car. And, it, you know, for a kid, that was cool. Yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. Yep, I used to love going out in the pits when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, I smelled like gear lube. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then uh, one of the things, like, uh, when the races are over now, now, I'm not talking about the weekly show, but our specials in a lot of cases, uh, and they just, you know, those haulers are heading out the gate before the sport class features are over, and I just think they're missing an opportunity for a lot of people to, you know, win new race fans, go down, shake hands with people. Now, we do have that three-day show coming up, uh, World Outlaws, uh, the end of the month. And so the guys are going to be here Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So yeah. get down in the pits because they ain't going anywhere. That's right. And everybody and their brother should be there. It's going to be a phenomenal show. They'll sure. all be over at the shed. Yeah. Hey, you know what? <laughs> now, that's another thing I like about Davenport. I mean, when they built that shed over there, I mean, how much uh, revenue, how many people go over? I, I mean, I don't go over there every week, but I stop over there. You get a lot of race fans, a lot of race drivers. Uh, one of the things that's changed is when we stopped using that back pit gate, mm-hmm. it makes it harder for us not to just drive up that uh, road and hang a right-hand turn and go on down to the shed. So yeah. I'm hoping, you know, at one time, uh, Sean Loder was saying he's worried about that new concrete getting cracked. And so I was talking to Scotty Harris-Relk, and I said, hey, how long does it take that stuff to set up? And he said, after the fair, Shane, you can drive a semi over it. You ain't going to crack that Thank stuff. You. So <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, my hope is that Sean Loder is going to say, hey, uh, we can use it again and open that back pit gate, and uh, we'll be able to get the fans, uh, you know, out to the shed, get us up to the shed, and 
I've, a lot easier. I've only spent a limited time in the, the, the shed, but uh, from what I'm told, uh, Kevin, the bartender, is uh, really good at bartending. <laughs> <laughs> Why I know yeah. the guy by first name. Like I said, I've only been there once or twice. Yeah. All and if right. he says he knows you, it's a lie. I am oh, definitely <laughs> making it all up. <laughs> well, guys, we're about ready to wrap the show up. Thanks for coming on tonight. And do you have any closing remarks, Terry? I have a story for you. Let's hear oh, it. I love this. I love stories. 87, you won the national championship. Right. Well, and I think in 88, we were all down at Donaldson at the fair. Oh, yeah. And I started back in the pack, uh. and I'm running through, and it's like the waving green. I just catch up to you, and I'm yeah. just tickled to death. I'm going to whip the reigning national YMCA Here we go. champ. Yeah. And I get into one and spun that song. Oh. <laughs> 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 Round oh, I went. Man. Oh man, that is something else. Isn't it situations like that that you're glad that you don't have the two-way radios like they have in NASCAR? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we find right to check out now. Right. You know, when we were racing down in Peoria, you know, back in the '80s, I remember they still pitted the infield, and they had cops and horses, you know, riding horses down in Peoria. And I mean, that was just a special time. But I remember. Yeah. More than once, fights breaking out. We'd won 13 features in a row down Peoria in 87, and they hated us. I mean, man, you talk about booing us. And I go out to win number 14, and I remember uh, Chuck Struby's leading it in the 38 special. Man, I rolled her into the turn. Black slick track. I got in a little hot. He lifted a little early. I popped him. He does one of these slow rolls to the infield. But, man, when I got up to the pit area, I'm going to tell you what. You know, there was a lot of Strubies that lived down in Peoria. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I'm like there's 20 people named Struby down at my trailer wanting to get the life out of me. Jim Struby was yeah. at mine and Sheila's wedding. Are you kidding me? Nope. That's all right. Him nice. an earthquake. Yeah, an earthquake. I drove for him. Old Donnie. Yeah, that's right. Man, he was a big guy. That guy. You know, I got to tell you, you know, we got to shut this thing down, but earthquake you know, I drove his car. Steve Lance broke his wrist. So Earthquake calls me up in 91 says, hey, can you drive my late model until Lance gets back? So I jump in that thing opening night. We're at Peoria Speedway. I lead the feature white fl checkered flag lap coming out of number four. I hear an engine. And I look to the right, and I am whooped. This car has no power steering. And Webb sneaks by me at the line. So ah. <laughs> I pull down on the scales, and old Earthquake runs up. And he goes, my God, Shane, I'll take second to Webb every night. And he's elated. And I said, man. You gotta put power steering on this car. <laughs> and he goes, Well, Steve Lance didn't need it. And I said, Yeah. Steve Lance is a logger and his arms are the size of my waist. I said, I carry a briefcase for a living. So needless to say, I, I drove it about uh, four or five nights for him and uh, got out of the car, but he had a string of drivers. Bob Dominacki drove that car. I mean, uh, so many people that, you know, were uh, we're hot back in the day yeah. and drove that car in a earthquake. He didn't have a lot of money, but boy, that car'd go. He'd go to the track with no, without having a driver. He said, "There's more drivers than cars, he so would. I'll find somebody." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, hey, in closing, Matt, you got a story for us you want to tell, or uh, <laughs> you know, got anybody you want to thank out there? Sponsors. We haven't talked about that. Yeah, I, I, uh, Samson Fence Limited. Uh, they've uh, been with me for a long time. Uh, good people. Yeah. Uh, American Family Insurance, Jared Bedding Agency. Right. Uh, Lacey Welsh. Uh, she works for, sells houses for Rule and Rule. All right. Uh, Source Construction, uh, all around town. 
uh, outdoor services, barrel house, performance bodies. Uh, the outhouse. The outhouse. The outhouse. Don't forget that. We have a house car. We got outhouses. We sell houses. We uh, build houses. We... You do it all. If it's a house, we'll take care of it. Yeah. In, in TNF services. All right. That's right. All right. Pat, any words of wisdom? Uh, continue great success. You're having a, a great year. Keep up the good work. Thank you guys both for coming and joining us. Well, thanks, thanks for, for having us on. Yeah, and I want to say the same thing to you guys, man. Terry, you and I have known each other since we were a lot younger. And we had dark hair instead of gray hair. And, you know, it's been a pleasure. I mean, you're one of the guys. At least we still have hair. I know. That's it. So, uh, you know, the nice thing is you guys make racing fun. You're out there partying and having a good time. You're great for the sport. And, you know, I want to thank you guys for for being that way and having that type of winning attitude. And, you know, wish much uh, success in the rest of the year. Now, we're not going to be at Davenport Speedway Friday night. Mississippi Valley Fair is going to be hammering it out so make sure and get over there to the mississippi valley fairgrounds and check out uh you know they got the best fair in town they really do i have to go to cedar rapids friday you do what's going on friday they're putting raleigh frank into this hall of fame up there oh my god that? that's almost worse driving up cedar rapids yeah. for it. oh yeah. yeah he wasn't gonna go come on and I raleigh. Think, i'll go with you you don't want to do that now, <laughs> yes Terry, i do are you gonna take that brand new red vet he's got we might you know, I got to tell you, I bought my wife a new car, and I was puffed up pretty proud, and I went back to pick it up at Bob Erickson, and they, I said, hey, whose red vet's that sitting over there? We just got it prepped. It's Raleigh Frank's car. I'm like, geez, give me a break. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I went over and kicked my Malibu and <laughs> drove it out the door. Hey, I uh, just want to remind everybody, coming up August 26th, 27th, 28th, World Outlaws, Davenport Speedway, and... Weekly racing returns a week from Friday night. Uh, remember to check out the fair. We're all going to have a good time. Thanks for tuning in here to the True Grit Podcast. We're going to be back again Monday night, 7 o'clock. Please tune in and listen us. And everybody, just have a great night. And uh, Pat and I will be seeing you guys around the track. Good night. Good night.